You know, God did a lot of wonderful and amazing things. And uh, what we're going to do before we start off is I'm going to show a clip of what God did. And I show that we sh- for those of you at the Society of Meeting, you saw this. But I think it's important for us to celebrate what God did in 2015. So could we uh, show that clip, please?
Wasn't that great? You know, God did a lot of wonderful things. Uh, gosh, we're so blessed, and I'm just so excited what God did in 2015. So the question is, what are we doing in 2016? Well, we started off with a bang already. We're sending 22 youth um, and four leaders to uh, midwinter. Now, this is the most we've ever sent to camp. So praise God for that, and we're looking forward to how God's going to touch our youth. But one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to um, lay out and launch our set of values. You know, one of the things that values do is our operating principles that will guide Mission Valley's conduct in our relationship with each other, our community, and the world. And what these values do, they'll give direction to, to how we as a church interact with each other, how we do ministry, and how we interact with not only the people here, the community, and the world. And what values do is they not only guide our actions as we minister as a church, but they also establish ministry boundaries. You know, when I was um, at Continental Airlines, I used to do a lot of skiing. And we would ski. Unfortunately, we could fly free, so I would ski all over the world. And so wherever you go, you go down these trails, these ski trails. But then you always see these two sticks that go like this, right? What does this mean? It means out of bounds, meaning that don't go there because there's danger. And there's so many people who have um, just, whatever reason, got bored on the normal ski run, say, you know what, I want to ski on unused powder. I'm going to cross those um, sticks that are the boundary markers. And what happens? A lot of times they get hurt, or some people have even lost their lives. And see, this is what values do. They're these boundary markers. And so what if we're operating outside these values, then you're saying, you know what? You're operating on the other side of the X. We need to bring ourselves back. It's the way we evaluate you know, what we do and what we want to do. We ask our, these questions. Are we living out our values? And so today, um, I'm just going to give a brief, brief summary of the values that we want to live by, that we believe and we pray for, and we believe that this is how God wants us to live. Now, in the next few Sundays, we're going to be, um, you know, communicating them more, and we're going to talk about the biblical basis for our values. But today, I'm just going to give you a brief overview. And, you know, I finally got to the point in my career where, you know, the amount of years in ministry now is greater than the amount of years I spent in the secular world. For those of you who are new, um, this is, pastoring is my second career. You know, my first career was, for the most part, in the airline industry. But one of the things that I realized, the values that we talk about here, you know, if you, you could apply them anywhere. You could apply them to your home, your family. And if you apply these at work, you know, it'll make a big difference in your workplace. You know, especially if you're a supervisor, if you oversee a department, if you live by um, these values, you're going to see a big difference. So don't just think of these things as something that we're going to do as a church. But then as we um, communicate these values, I'll also um, show you how these could apply in the workplace because I really believe you could really make a huge difference for Christ in the workplace because you're there 40-plus hours a week. But our first value that I want to lay out is the value of what we call connect. Okay. And um, connecting people to people with the goal of connecting them to God. Now, as a ministry, we don't want to get together 
We want you to connect with one another. We want you to form community. We want you to form friends that, you know, could, you know, help you, could support you, could pray for you, and, and to help you grow in Christ. But we don't want to connect you just for the purpose of getting together and socializing. You know, our goal is for, to help you connect with each other, but for the sake of connecting that person to God. And so one of the questions that we used to always ask when I was in high school back in the 70s was, how's your walk? How's your spiritual walk? When was the last time somebody asked you, how's your spiritual walk? Probably it's been a while because we don't ask that question anymore. Because one of the things that we've come to believe is, hey, that's my business. You know, my spiritual walk is my business. It's none of your business. And so what we do is we're afraid to ask people that because we don't want to offend them. We don't want to intrude on their personal space. But you know what? We're a community here. We should care about people's spiritual walk. We should have the um, freedom and the, uh, not privilege, but the, I can't think of the word. Well, we should ask people um, how their spiritual walk is. Um, and that's important. And that's what we want to do. We want to start listening for clues that said, hey, maybe this person right now is going through a difficult time. How could I pray for you? Or, you know, there's this Bible verse that might minister to you. How can I help you? What's God doing in your life? Why do you think God is allowing this to happen. Where do you see God working? What's he trying to teach you? You want to try to connect people with God. But not only here, but when we go to the outside too, when we meet people, we want to teach you how to listen to those clues where you could step in and connect a person to God. Because a lot of times, even when I'm you know, doing a ride-along as a police chaplain, um, with the San Gabriel PD, a lot of times I'm afraid to ask them, can I pray for you? Because these are big, tough guys, you know, and you know, I'm just so scared they're going to go, ah, I don't need it. But you know what? Every time I ask them, and we're talking in the car, and I ask, you know, during a break, can I pray for you? They've always said yes. They've always said yes. And so the goal, once again, is to connect with people, meaning I have to go out there and connect with people. It's not about me sticking to myself, right? And so we need to connect with people, but then our goal is to also connect them to God because we believe that in Jesus Christ, there's all the answers that they need, right? In Jesus Christ, he modeled the best way for us to live our lives. And I believe that our faith, Christianity, is the best way to live our lives. And if you believe that also, you would want to connect them to the best way that they could live their life, which is a source, is that's in Jesus Christ. Um, the next one is care. And it's sharing the love of God by looking for, identifying, and meeting the needs of others. But if you take a look at that, it's more proactive. It's not, I'm just going to care for you if you ask me. You know, Dave, Pastor Dave, can you do me a favor? No, it's for us actually looking for needs to put on this our lens of saying, okay, so and so, I see a need out there, or I'm looking for needs, and I identify those needs and I meet those needs. And this is an area where you know I think we need to get stronger and with it with. And I know for myself, transitioning from Evergreen to here, 
you know, one of the things that I did at Evergreen as a staff pastor, you naturally care about the people in your ministry. But all of a sudden you come, become a senior pastor and something happens. And I talk to my other fellow senior pastors and say, what has happened to us? We used to be caring people. We went into the ministry to care about people. Now we're um, consumed with, um, is the church growing? How are we doing financially? Is the building standing up? Are people happy? And we're consumed with being an administrator. When God called us to shepherd our flock. And so that's what I want to do. And so this year, you're going to see more and more of the more administrative uh, thing. They don't know this yet, but I'm just telling you. Um, <laughs> administrative duties being um, you know, delegated to people who are gifted in that so then I could do what God has called me to do, which is pastor. And so that's exciting uh, to me. But another area that I just want you to keep in mind is that there's a group of individuals that we call the Golden Seniors. They were the foundation of the church. They were the ones who built this church, and they were the ones who funded this this church, and they're the reason why we're here today. But you know they're getting older, and a lot of them can't come to church. And a lot of them feel isolated from the community here and why they can't get here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to establish a ministry that could bring them here. And we're going to need drivers, okay? And the good thing is the majority of them live within 10 to 15 minutes of this church. And so we're going to be asking you if you could drive. And so if you take a look at these values, it's not only to um, say, oh gosh, I wish I could help, but I'm so busy. But no, our value is going to be care. And by caring for our seniors, it's bringing them here. It's visiting them and so forth. So that's Another area that I think we want to improve in. Another one is call, which is seeking, understanding, and living out God's purposes in our lives. You know, when you were born, God had a plan for you. And I share this over and over and over again, that when you were in your mother's womb, God was pouring in these gifts. He's pouring in these skills. He's pouring in these passions that he wanted for each one of you. And a lot of times when we come to um, our faith, we go, okay, God, What do I have to change? Now, God is transforming us. He's transforming our values, and he's transforming our behaviors that are not in line with the behaviors that he wants uh, for his disciples. But one thing he doesn't transform is who he created you to be. And this is important, because for some of you, God, you're introverts, and you love meeting people. You know, that's great. Some of us, like myself... Our, ex, our introverts, where, you know, we're more reserved, we're more quiet. Some of you are analytical. You know, some of you are these hard chargers. You know, I'm going to capture that hill. I'm going to get things done. We have artists here. We have athletes here. You know, we have people that are good at administration. We have people that are talented in fixing things. You all have different passions. And the good thing is that God doesn't want to change you. You don't have to change. All he's asking, and in the calling, is that you use how God made you for him. For those of you who are artistic, don't change that. But then how could you use your artistic talents for him? For those of you who are athletic, that's great. The question is, how can you use your athletic ability to serve God? 
You know, some of you um, have the gifts for organizing. You know, how do you use that for God? And those are the things we're going to talk about. But also God has specific calls for you too. And, and one of those, when, I, when people ask me, so you are called to be a pastor? I say, yes, for right now I am. But I don't know where God's going to call me in the future because ultimately that's not, you know, my ultimate calling in life. You know, as I looked at, and as I prayed about it and as I really went dug deep into why God created me, I came up with, God, you created me to be a servant. And I just loved doing that, whether that was at the carpet mill where I was a, a warehouseman or at Continental or LTU, the German charter I worked in. I loved serving people. And I said, Yes, right now God's calling me to be a pastor, but that's just my job right now. And I'll do it the best I can, but my ultimate calling is to be a servant. And so what we want to help you develop is who did God create you to be? Because I know for you young people that are scattered out, you're trying to figure out which direction you're going. And I guarantee you that if you are trying to pick a career or a major based upon finances, based upon, ooh, this will give me this great life, and it's not who God made you to be, you're going to be miserable. Trust me. You could ask me. I've been there. I've done that. You could ask some of these other people who've also been down that road. God created you for a reason. When you pick your major, when you pick your career, at least keep that in mind too, okay, and leave the rest up to God. And finally, the last one is courage. And this is the one that I, I was going back and forth with our uh, chairman of board, Chet. I said, should I put this here? Because I really don't want to put this here. <laughs> I was chicken to put this one here. But anyway, courage. And courage is pushing past our fears to live in faith and obedience to God. The Christian life is hard. God is going to challenge you every single day. He's going to put you in situations that if you're to grow, you're, it's going to require faith in a courageous act. You know, one of my favorite trilogies, and you know this, is The Lord of the Rings. And my other second favorite is Star Wars, but not the recent one, the one back in the 70s. You know, and I think the reason I like these trilogies is just because the courage that's involved in these little hobbits who are trying to go and fight evil in order to save the earth. And, and I think each one of us, deep down inside, want to be courageous. We want to live a life where we could uh, act in courage. And whether it's the result that we get or not, whether we win or whether we lose, there's something honorable about living courageously. And I think God wants to take us there. God wants to tap into each one of us that wants to be courageous, that wants to do big and scary things for God. Not because of our own, in our own strength, but the fact that, God, you're calling me to this. You know, this is well beyond me. It's scary. But I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to go out in faith and act and obey you, even though this is courage. Because a lot of people says courage is the absence of, absence of fear. It's not. You know, I mean, the absence of fear is just being dumb. Okay? <laughs> You know, courageous people, they're not um, dumb people. They understand that, yes, there's danger, there's fearful, God's calling you to the unknown. But courageous people have the faith to step out anyway 
and say, regardless of the danger, regardless of my fear, I'm going to do it anyway because I trust in you, God. And this is what we're talking about when it comes to courage. You know, and it starts from me, and it hopefully it'll, you know, trickle down. But I think this is one of those hardest things. I think we all want to be courageous, but in order to be courageous, that's scary. And that's what we're going to work on. And so those are the four values that we, we're going to um, roll out in the next uh, month. But what I want to do is I want to end, before we take communion, with a um, video that Kiki has put together. And Kiki did the first one, and she did the second one. So thank you very much, Kiki. But as you look at these video, as you see the stories of the people, I hope that you could see these four core values lived out in their lives. And I didn't even tell them about this. And I could see it lived in their story. And so as we end, could we show this uh, last video? Two thousand fifteen was a great year for me. I was able to get together with some of the uh, Mission Valley youth. I was able to go to some of their football games, and I was able to uh, attend the last two football games in which they won. Actually, I accepted the position of secretary of the board last February, even though I was very hesitant at first. At the end of PCJC camp, for high schoolers. Well, for everyone, they have a campfire. Um, the campfire is basically for showing your life experience, how much you move towards Christ, and how this um, camp helped you. It started last year. Uh, Richie, uh, the former uh, youth director, asked a group of us to write letters of uh, prayers and send it to the youth at, uh, at the midwinters. And uh, Cyrus Wong was uh, my guy. And so I got a chance to meet him. And then a little bit later, uh, I, in talking with Richie, we thought that it would be a great idea to have a longer-term relationship with uh, these children. Ever since I started to serve on the board, naturally I became more involved at church and started serving in different ways. And because of it, I came to know more about this church and got to know my fam church family better. And God has been blessing me tremendously. And I can tell myself that I've been spiritually healthier and continue to grow through this experience. That one night, um, I heard a voice and it said, go. And while that happened, my heart was beating frequently and crazily that I, I could not even explain it. It was a weird experience. I didn't know what to do, but I know the first thing I did, I got up. And while it was quiet, everyone was waiting for someone to go up. I went towards the campfire slowly. I'm thinking about what I'm doing, going to say, because I never done this before. But turns out God already planned what I'm going to say already. Initially, uh, it was a leap of faith for me. And uh, I was a little frightened because it was into areas that I had not uh, ventured before. My main fear I had was that I might get 
overwhelmed and burned out by getting involved at church too much. I had that experience before at other church and it was a very, very painful experience. I didn't want to repeat the same painful experience again. One obstacle I would have to say I went through this entire year was um, just the fear of getting hurt or just being hurt because you feel like you, you're helpless. You can't do much. I, I would say it's a leap of faith because, it, it, again, it's something that I had not encountered before. But uh, knowing that uh, God has actually uh, talked to me and I'm op open with an open heart and an open mind and listening to Him and uh, obeying Him in all these things. So even though it's a new experience, I thought, well, God, you know best. When I was approached by Pastor Dave about this position, I thought, why do they or God want me to be a secretary of the board whose main job is to sit at the long meeting and listen to people talk about a lot of stuff and take minutes in English, which is not my language. I'm sure there must be a better person for this job than me. So to tell you the truth, I was already stressed out about this, jo this job even before accepting it. I really didn't want to do it and I was very scared. But how did I overcome this fear? I just had to trust God. In the past, every time I said yes to God, He blessed me and He reminded me of that. Although I have faith as small as a mustard seed, God is good and He reminded me that I could trust Him. I think my life is very different now than a year ago because I have more of an open heart. And I believe that uh, God exposes me to different areas for my own good. And if He didn't, if he didn't, then I would not be qualified to be doing what he is asking me to do. So I just try to be obedient. I try to be faithful. I try to have an open mind on all of it and know that God has some plan in this for me and for those that I encounter. The first thing I can say is that um, I, can share, I shared more this year about who I am and my life experience and everything about towards Christ and God. I was able to share, and that's one. Two, I don't doubt. I don't doubt like I used to. My life got a little busier, I'm not gonna lie, but I'm happier, I feel more alive, and I feel like I got joy back in my heart, so it's totally worth it. I don't doubt. I don't um, get scared about the future. I just think about the present. And Whatever tomorrow may bring to me, I'll be ready because God is by my side. In 2016, um, and in light of our uh, vision statement, I'm really looking forward to whatever God has in store for me. I just want to be totally open. I want to be uh, enjoy the experience and uh, know that God is going to be using me and all of my talents, I hope and that uh, I will truly, hopefully, make a difference in the lives of those that we encounter. 
I'm looking forward to continuously serving with my brothers and sisters and growing and learning together and seeing God's amazing works in our lives in this new year. I think that uh, God speaks to us all the time. He speaks to us in many different ways. And it's whether or not we are truly listening to Him. Because sometimes He tells us things that we really don't want to do. But I, I feel that since God talks to us, uh, He knows best. That He sees something in us or where He can use us. And I feel like it's really our opportunity, our privilege, in fact, to be able to respond to God with an open heart and say, yes, God, I will do that. God loves us. He's always there for you. What he wants to do is help you. And he's almighty God. So if you trust him and just follow his lead, you'll be okay. If you, okay, if you feel something in your heart and it's beating and pounding like crazy, like I had, don't be scared. Go up and share. Because God has something for you to say and to share to everyone else. And it's important because it's something that they want to hear and he wants you to share it giving you more experience that's what I have yes. thank you Kiki for putting that together thank you Bob and Chiho and Skyler for sharing your testimonies with us. Uh, why don't we all stand up? And uh, yeah, you could keep clapping. Go ahead, keep clapping. 